From coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening, you're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Terra Informa. On this show, we talk about the importance of science communication, and we often invite researchers to share their knowledge with us and break down big concepts. But we don't always consider the skills they use in effectively communicating their research outside of a university setting. Today, we're talking about how outreach and science communication is connecting people to their energy system and building connections across disciplines among researchers who study energy. My name is Andrea Miller, and I'll be your host for the next half hour of environmental stories and ideas. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that this episode of Terra Informa was produced in Treaty 6 Territory and Region 4 of the Métis Nation of Alberta. We are located in Amiskwichi, Wiskigan, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. Our home station, CJSR 88.5 FM, broadcasts from unrecognized Papas Chase Cree territory. The Papas Chase Cree were displaced following efforts from local officials to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty and inherent right to this territory and to reserve number 136, now South Edmonton. Not confined to history, this region is also the present homelands of many First Peoples, who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together, including Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. Wherever you're listening from, we ask you to consider whose version of history informs your understanding of the land you are on. This episode is about how we share energy research beyond the academy to a wider audience of individuals and communities who are a part of the energy system. Energy systems are technical, they are a part of our natural world, and they are also social and part of our everyday lives. Thinking about energy as a system can help us to consider all of the parts that will have a role to play in the transition of that system. As we talk about energy issues this week, it is critical to ask ourselves how equity and diversity intersect with our energy systems. Who benefits from the energy system and who is disproportionately impacted? Whose voices and worldviews are evident in our system design. These questions are at the core of developing a just transition, one that ensures our energy systems work for all peoples. This week, we're bringing you my conversation with my friend and colleague, Valerie Miller, the Outreach Coordinator of Future Energy Systems, or FES. We talk about Valerie's research journey to FES, her approach to communicating energy research, including some of her favorite outreach initiatives, and the importance of fostering an online research community during the pandemic. Future Energy Systems, which is also known as FES, is a research initiative of the University of Alberta that focuses on academic research that will help Canada transition to a low-carbon energy economy. Launched in 2016 and funded by the Government of Canada, FES includes over 100 projects in a variety of disciplines and hundreds of researchers, and it has funded me in my graduate research for the past three years. One of the guiding principles for FES is to build understanding, which acknowledges that energy issues are critical for all people, and seeks to make the knowledge produced by FES researchers available and accessible. Also a guiding principle is to build community, which acknowledges that energy systems are impacted and impactful to all sorts, and seeks to break through academic, political and social barriers to collaboratively work towards a just energy transition. 
It's achieving these two goals that is the focus of Valerie's work. As Outreach and Engagement Coordinator, Valerie helps FES researchers share their work with a variety of audiences, including other academics, policymakers and stakeholders, and members of the public. Valerie and the FES communications team have put on symposiums, produced a speaker series with the Edmonton Public Library, engaged with audiences across the country through the content on their YouTube channel, and even written a children's book. Here's Valerie talking about how she found herself as the Outreach and Engagement Coordinator for Future Energy Systems. Uh, I guess I have a bit of a winding path to get to where I am now. So I'll start kind of where I started. Uh, and I have a background in biology. So I completed my Bachelor of Science degree in biology and environmental science at uh, Trent University in Ontario. And while I was there, I studied birds. So I spent a summer on an uninhabited island in Nunavut studying Canada geese breeding behavior. And then I spent a summer studying upland sandpiper nest site selection in a national park in the Yukon. Uh, and it was amazing. I loved it. I saw caribou migration, polar bears, uh, 24 hours of daylight, climbed mountains, was on the tundra, loved all of it. And I really found a passion for being in the Arctic, the Northern Canada. So I decided that I wanted to go back to school and study the North and how we can help heal the land after uh, often human disturbances. So I came to the University of Alberta to do my PhD in land reclamation uh, in a Northern site. So my PhD is on building soils using mine waste material at a diamond mine in the Arctic. And during that PhD, I really fell in love with land and reclamation, but I also fell in love with science communication. Uh, so I did a bunch of different science communication projects. I worked with the Faculty of Graduate Studies for about a year and a half doing outreach. Uh, I volunteered with various organizations like Nature Kids, Telus World of Science, Alberta Envirothon to help communicate science. And I found a passion for that. So when I finished my PhD in September 2019, I decided to pursue a career in science communication with future energy systems. So my weaving winding pathway led me from uh, Ontario doing a bachelor's degree in biology to a career in science communication out here at the University of Alberta. While communicating energy research can be exciting, it isn't always easy. I know this firsthand as an energy researcher myself. Valerie and I chatted about some of the challenges communicating the complexity of energy systems. So FES often talks about a systems approach uh, to research, to communication. So what is a systems approach? And how do you approach science communication when the research within FES is so interdisciplinary and spans all of these aspects of the energy system? Absolutely. So when I use this analogy often when I'm with kids in the classroom, we think about our future energy system kind of like our body. It's not just a single item. It is skin and organs and limbs and all of these different parts. And they all work together to create a system that functions. So our energy system is similar. It is all of these different parts 
working together. So if we think about, for example, we want more solar panels in a city, that's great, but that's not just a straightforward question. It is, where do we find the supplies to build those solar panels? How do we increase the efficiency of those solar panels? How do families afford those solar panels? Uh, how does having all those solar panels impact the system that currently exists? The grid isn't built to currently have a large number of solar panels. So how do we adapt that? So when we think about an energy system, it's not just a single problem. It is all of these problems together that we need to find solutions for. So when Future Energy Systems thinks about our energy future, that's why we have all of these different researchers working together. If we just had individual researchers and faculties never speaking to each other, never working on each other's projects, you could miss huge gaps of the story. So what Future Energy Systems tries to do is encourage that interdisciplinary, support that interdisciplinary work by uh, bringing all these researchers together in conferences, through our newsletters, through our outreach, so that we can help build some of those connections that already exist. Our researchers are phenomenal. So many of them are doing interdisciplinary work pre-future energy systems, absolutely. We're just here to try and support that and push it a little bit farther. So our systems have to think about all of these different parts. And when we think outreach, we try and mimic that in how we do outreach for the community. So rather than focusing on a single story that we're trying to tell, we try and tell as many stories as possible so that way people can see the breadth of research being done. For the last year and a half, Future Energy Systems outreach has mostly moved online. I asked Valerie about the transition to online communications and outreach. Prior to COVID, it was really important that we got people onto campus, that we got into classrooms, uh, into community spaces, so that we could build connections between research and community. There's often a, f a lack of trust between, uh, maybe not universities exactly, but science, scientists, engineers, uh, those experts in their field, there's not always trust between communities and those experts and science communication is the bridge where you can help uh, bridge those gaps. Uh, and with COVID, we were entering a time where trust in science was maybe at an all-time importance and maybe not very high. So it was essential for us with the pandemic to still maintain those connections to the community. Climate change is not going away. Uh, we might have a pandemic, but we also have the challenge of climate change right now. So for us, it was essential to keep building those connections between communities so that we could provide any experiences that we had through energy research to the communities, but also learn from the communities. It's never a one-sided experience. Uh, it is always about building connections and learning from each other. So with video creation, it was all about offering researchers the opportunity to still connect to communities uh, in a new format. Yeah, so much of your outreach work with 
at BS on the YouTube channel and some of the other initiatives that you run are kind of created with a younger audience in mind. You have activities and storytelling for like a grade school audience. So why is that an important focus of your work? Absolutely. So I really like working with younger audience members and I think it's an essential part of our science communication because we want to inspire them to ask questions early. While they're still in school, it makes them think about okay, I want to be a truck driver. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a politician, but I'm going to remember those lessons I learned in school about energy and the earth and climate change. So if we talk to kids younger, then they carry those lessons with them as they go into college, university, into the workforce. So we hope to inspire them to keep asking questions no matter what path they take. There's also a lot of anxiety for younger kids right now related to climate change, energy. Uh, recent surveys by the Alberta Council of Environmental Educators has found that lots of school-aged children are concerned about climate change and don't know what to do. That's their biggest fear or concern is they don't know how to help. So what we try and do is give them more knowledge, share what our students and our professors are doing so that they can find ways to, to make a difference themselves. We try and build that into a lot of our activities. One of our recent projects was writing a kid's book. Uh, it's the first of a series of kids books related to energy uh, and the environment and the last page of the book shows them all the ways the characters in the book are making a difference to reduce how much electricity they're using. And it ends with a call to action to the reader of what can they do to make a difference. So we're trying to help provide students with tools. Can you talk a little bit about the process of creating that children's book? Yeah, so we decided that we wanted to create a children's book probably about six months ago. And the impetus was we've been reading kids' stories for months. Uh, and we have a, a stack of books, probably 20, 30 books. But the challenge is uh, publishers have access to restrictions as they should. Uh, they need to make money off of these books, uh, but we only have certain access to them, whether that means we can create a public video or we have to remove them after a certain time. So we have had a lot of connections to the rest of our videos through the story times. They're a great way to bring kids to the other content on the website. And we didn't wanna lose all of that access, um, that connection, once we had to remove all of our story times. So we are like, maybe we should write our own story times. And that kind of launched the the idea of, well, why don't we write our own books? And the thing is, we have a thousand researchers who are experts in their field. So every book will have either one or a few FES researchers who help provide that expert information. And then the FES communication team tells the story and creates the visual uh, components of it. 
by telling the story of the researchers work and building it in a fun way. So our two main characters are Tommy and Remy, a dog and a cat, because everyone loves animal based stories. They are actual real animals who are neighbors. Uh, and it is all about their energy adventures. So they, they have a science consultant named Reginald, who's a former lab mouse wears a blazer now, bright red shoes. He's adorable. Uh, and it is all about the three of them going on a journey to study energy. So the first book looked at the electrical grid. We explored electricity. And then every book will also have a hands-on experiment at the end of it so that kids can, or parents or adults, anyone who wants to, there is no age limit on science experiments. Uh, to do a hands-on experiment based on the book. So that's been a really exciting experience. We launched it in September. We had a public launch and a launch with schools. We had 10 classes from across the uh, city of Edmonton join us and uh, join us for a reading and then lots of questions. It was a really exciting event. Uh, it was a really proud event for us to have written this book illustrated this book, created a story that is connecting to people. So that book right now is in probably about 100 libraries and schools across Canada at the moment. We're still increasing that. So it's been a really fun project. We're working on the second book now. But it's a new way to connect with people because a fun hands-on book that teaches you about science, engineering, social issues, uh, produced by the researchers doing it is, is a really exciting way to share. The first in a series of children's books, The Energy Adventures of Tommy and Remy, The Mystery of the Glowing Light, was written by Valerie and illustrated by Caitlin Pilpa. The book sees Tommy and Remy explore where electricity comes from and how to reduce their energy consumption. Here's an excerpt. Climate change will affect everyone in the world by causing hotter temperatures, melting polar ice, extreme weather, and changing habitats for our plants and animals. It's a scary challenge, but Remy and Tommy are learning about our energy systems and what we can all do to make a difference. Are you ready to join them? Remy leaps onto the fence, balancing with perfect precision on the thin wood. Rather proud of her athletic prowess, she prances back and forth in the warm sun. But when she looks down, she becomes confused when she sees her best friend Tommy laying in his doghouse, staring at the back door of his house. Tommy, what are you doing? She asks, jumping down. I'm looking at the lights, he answers. Remy turns and sees the glowing lights beside the door. Why? Well, how do they keep glowing? Tommy asks. Remy twitches her whiskers. She's not sure how the lights keep glowing, but she is a rather proud cat and doesn't want to admit it. Well, I think it's a bunch of fireflies. Really? Um, I'm not sure. We should ask Reginald, Tommy declares. Absolutely, Remy agrees. The dynamic duo run from the yard, Remy over the fence and Tommy under it, past the grassy path behind their homes and through the trees. They soon reach Reginald's home in the hollow of an old cedar stump. You're listening to Terra Informa, a production of CJSR 88.5 FM. 
This week we're speaking with Valerie Miller, the Outreach Coordinator of the University of Alberta Research Group, Future Energy Systems. Earlier this episode, we talked about the many outreach programs Valerie works on to share energy research with a variety of audiences. I was curious about her favorite. So when I joined Future Energy Systems two years ago, we had we were doing a lot of outreach prior to that. A lot of class, uh, a lot of schools would come to us. A lot of different organizations would do tours on campus, but there wasn't um, anyone whose role it was uh, to do that outreach specifically. Uh, it was kind of tasked to a lot of different people. So coming in, I was so lucky to get to help build a program that got to really have a breadth of projects. So for example, we have been partnered with the Edmonton Public Library for two years. We hit our two year anniversary, uh, January, 2022, where we host a monthly lecture series at the Edmonton Public Library. And that has been a great way to connect with the general public in Edmonton. COVID really spun that on its head. We had two live events. Actually, your talk was our last live event uh, at the public library. And then we had to switch to digital. And it took us a couple months, uh, I think, because we all thought COVID was going to be over pretty quick and we didn't need to completely switch everything. But it took us a couple months and then we started doing digital events. And now we have people joining us from India and Australia and other countries from around the world. And that's been really exciting to get to share this research. We also film those talks now so they can be watched again after. So that's been a really cool initiative that kind of spanned the the COVID to non-COVID time. One of my favorite uh, outreach events that we've done since COVID started is our digital poster event. Uh, so we hosted our first Twitter poster event last year. And we had over a hundred Fez researchers all share their work on Twitter through a, a poster that they posted on social media. And it was amazing to see the public seeing all the posters, asking lots of questions. But one of my favorite parts was seeing the researchers asking each other questions and learning from each other's posters because when you're at a poster session, you never get to look at other researchers' poster. You are stuck at your poster and that is where you're staying. So this kind of digital event really allowed fellow researchers to, to learn from each other and potentially find ways that they can work together in the future. Valerie's work is all about the importance of communicating. Energy systems are so crucial to all of us, but for many, where our energy comes from is still an enigma. The transition to a low-carbon energy system is essential to climate action efforts. And the work that FES researchers do is important, whether it's developing new methods of energy storage or finding ways for energy systems to support communities. But if this incredible work stays in academia, its impact may be diminished. Energy transition is a very real issue, and if the work taking place within FES is going to make a difference, it needs to create common ground between researchers and cross-disciplines. It needs to be communicated to policymakers, energy practitioners, and communities. And it needs to be accessible to everyone, the wide variety of people who impact and are impacted by energy systems, even and especially kids. That's why Valerie's work matters. 
it helps build the bridge from labs and papers to policy and to change that is very needed. I'll leave you with one last clip from Valerie about her biggest takeaways for effective communication. But some of those top tips, if you are trying to connect, again, I'm going to bring it back. Why does your research matter? You need to think about why it matters to that audience. Again, you need to think about who that audience is. Is it a group of five-year-olds or is it a group of members of the general public? Is it a group of researchers from the university that aren't in your field? Uh, So know your audience. Number three, adapt to your presentation. There is no set presentation for any audience. I run a program called Become an Earth Doctor, where we walk children or adults through a Dungeons and Dragons style game to learn about land reclamation. I've probably run it about 40 or 50 times. Every single class I run it for has an adapted version of the presentation, the game to fit what that audience needs. So there is no set presentation. Don't have a standard presentation and you're just gonna use it for everything. Have some core presentations that you can go back to and pull from uh, because that will make it more usable to that audience. Uh, Four, try things. I know being on camera is very uncomfortable. Some people really don't like live events. Some people really don't like digital live events. Try all of them multiple times. Don't let a bad experience stop you from trying to connect to different audience members because when you find a way to connect, it's so rewarding to see that something you've done has inspired maybe a 10 year old or someone to put solar panels on their roof now. So keep trying even when it's awkward and uncomfortable. Uh, Reach out to people who work in science communication to get advice on how do I maybe adapt this? I'm feeling really uncomfortable in this format. Is there a different format I should try? Try all the different formats and find find what works for you. Uh, I would say as grad students or as a former grad student, focusing on research is so essential. That is, that is what the point of grad school is, but taking time to do that science communication is also so important because you are doing groundbreaking work as a grad student, as a researcher, share that work. That is groundbreaking work that if you just publish it in a journal, no one will see. So take the time to get involved in science communication. There are tons of resources out there that you can explore with. Uh, There's a lot of places at the U of A that you can practice your skills. So try everything. I'm gonna say not try everything once, try everything at least twice to see what is really inspiring for you. Well, thank you again for having me. Uh, I hope that everyone listening checks out the Future Energy Systems website, social media, YouTube channel. We do launch new video content ideally every week, and we're very excited to share that with you all. Keep keep connected with us through our newsletter, find out about our new books and all of our new events that we're hosting. Uh, And just the last thing, 
it is so inspiring to get to share your work. Uh, that is one of my favorite parts of my PhD was getting to share my work. And so many universities are now trying to connect to communities and build that into what's important in research. So take the time and create something really cool that you can share with other people. We are here to help you do that. That's all the time we have for this week. I've been your host, Andrea Miller. Thanks for listening. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all of our content is created by a team of volunteers. We are listener-supported, and we rely on you to continue bringing you under-the-radar environmental news and stories. That said, we want to extend a huge thank you to all of our donors who supported us during our fun drive this year. And thank you to our guest this week, Valerie Miller. This episode was written by Sonic Patel and myself, Andrea Miller. Our producer was Hannah Cunningham. You can reach us for comments or questions via our email, tara at cjsr.com, or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. Catch you next week right here on Terra Informa.